give you praise, honor, and glory this morning, Lord God. We want to thank you, Lord God, for your greatness. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord God, for waking us up on time, Heavenly Father. And thank you, Lord God, for blessing us, Lord God, to be here to be a part of our worship service this morning, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord God, for your holy presence this morning, Lord God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, and we pray that the Holy Spirit will have his way this morning, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for everyone, Lord God, that's here this morning, and every family that's represented here this morning, Heavenly Father, and those that may be joining us later, Lord God. And we want to rejoice in you always, Heavenly Father, and praise your holy name, for you are more than worthy to be praised and greater to be praised. And we know that you sit high and you look low, Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord God, for the precious blood of Jesus, Lord God, that was shed for us on Calvary. And we know that your love is greater than any love that ever, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we want to say thank you, Lord God, this morning. Thank you for all that you've done for us, all that, all that you are doing, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord God, for bringing us from a mighty long ways, Heavenly Father, Lord God. We want to thank you for the good work that you have begun in us, Lord God. And we pray that you continue to lead us and guide us in the direction that you will have us to go, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we worship you and we praise your holy name. So greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for blessing us with a brand new day, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we will rejoice in this day, Heavenly Father. And we ask you, Lord God, to bless our worship service, Lord God. And we pray that everything that we do here will bring honor and glory to your precious name, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we also want to thank you, Lord God, for the word that's going to be uh, talk this morning, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word, your word which is living and powerful. Your word will not return to you void, Heavenly Father. We want to thank you for your powerful word, Lord God, your holy word this morning, Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord God, for our teacher, our pastor, Lord God, our pastor, Frederick. We ask you, Lord God, to bless her. Anoint her, Lord God, to teach the message that you have given her, Lord God, and that she follows the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, Lord God. We thank you for your name upon her, Lord God, and the words that you will put in her mouth, Lord God, and that you will use her this morning, Lord God, to teach your word, Lord God. And your word, Lord God, we will receive your word this morning. Everyone will receive your word this morning, Lord God, and leave from here rejoicing, Lord God, and knowing that you are a good and mighty God, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for our praise and worship service. And we thank you, Lord God, that everything is going well, Heavenly Father, during our service, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we want to bind up all distractions of the enemy. We want to bind up all his distractions that he will not disturb disturb nor disrupt this our worship service this morning we bind up every lie of the devil in the name of jesus christ heavenly father we will not look at the enemy but we will fix our eyes on jesus christ heavenly father because we know that the devil is alive and he is defeated and we have the victory in jesus christ heavenly father and we praise your holy name this morning heavenly father and we pray heavenly father that someone that will hear the message this morning lord god will be saved, their hearts will be changed, and we pray that minds be renewed, Heavenly Father, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that all uh, the yokes and bondage, Lord God, will be broken off for those, Lord God, that are uh, that needs to be broken off, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for your holy presence this morning. 
and we bless your holy name. Ever since then, he has tried to mess with music, and so I do apologize. But anyway, we're going to go on. The word of God is still true, and we're going to go ahead and study the word this morning. And I want to say this before I start teaching. I am not throwing rocks at anybody. I am not criticizing anybody about their giving. But I just think that not only do we need to be reminded, but we need to understand why we do what we do. Because sometimes we lose sight on what we, why we do, why we give, why is it that we tithe? Why should I tithe? That we just doing any good. And all of those questions come into my mind. So I'm telling you that because years ago when Bread of Life was uh, in its early stages, I had a woman who was attending Bread of Life, and I was teaching on tithing one Sunday, and she got so mad with me until she got up, made a big fuss, and stormed out of the sanctuary. So I don't want y'all to get mad today because I'm not throwing rocks. As a matter of fact, I'll start with saying that. Um, I am a part of the Rhema Ministerial uh, Association International. And so that means that all Rhema uh, ministers, uh, uh, not all, but most of us belong to that association and were ordained through that association. So at about the middle of this pandemic, I get a call from the director of the uh, Rama Interna uh, Ministerial Association International. He happened to have been my one of my professors. And so he called and he said, I'm just checking to see how you're doing. And he said, you know, we're praying for you, and we know this is a tough time for uh, the churches, and we're, we're really standing in the gap for you. And he said, are your people giving? And I said, yes. And he said, they are, but he didn't expect for me to say that the people were giving. And so I said, yes, they are. And I said, God is really good. And then we went on to talk, so now... As a result of me having that conversation with him, I also told him about the book that I was writing. And so he's waiting now for me to send him a copy of the book, which we're almost finished with. I'm doing the review and making corrections and notations, and uh, we will soon be ready to go to publish uh, Reverend Tara McNair has been the one to been my coach through this. And I want to tell y'all before I forget it, today is her birthday. So if you would be so kind as to wish her a happy birthday after service, send her a, a little text and say happy birthday. She's doing much better. She did uh, have an attack of the enemy on her health, but she's doing much better. And we're grateful for that. She is a wonderful woman of God who has uh, um, uh, been very faithful to work with me on this book. And some of you were at the service where the God said to me to ask her to help me with this book. That has been long since in my heart and now is finally coming to fruition. 
But we're going to talk about tithing. And as I say, I'm not talking to anyone in particular. We're just having a nice review about giving. There are people that uh, when Reverend puts my messages online, that will hear this also. And maybe they are the ones that I'm speaking to because you all have been faithful. You have been faithful through this whole pandemic to support uh, Bread of Life and the work that we do. And I am truly grateful. And uh, I want to say before we go on that we are still on Zoom and I'm waiting on the Lord uh, to kind of give me some direction. I haven't even talked to Free at last about coming back over there for together for worship. I know some of the ministries in the area are now have gathered are now gathering to worship. Uh, but whether or not we gather to worship, we're going to continue with Zoom because we now have people who are part of our ministry who are not in the state of California, not in our area, and we would like to keep them uh, <coughs> involved in bread of life. So, Father God, we thank you this morning. We thank you that you always hear and answer prayer and that nothing is too difficult for you to do. So we bind the enemy this morning. We know that you, Satan, have tried to interfere with the music and you're trying to distract people. And so we just take authority over you. We bind you up in the name of Jesus we say you have no power here. Your power is null and void. And we thank you, Lord, that we have listening ears to hear this morning and that our hearts are open to receive this morning. And whatever is done will be done to your glory and to your honor. It's not by power and it's not by might, but it's by the Holy Spirit of God. And we know, Lord God, that whatsoever things we desire when we pray, if we believe we receive them, we shall have them. So we believe right now, Father God, that this word will go forth in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit and that it will receive, be received with gladness and that it will bless our hearts in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So, when we look at this word that we call tithe, we know that it means tenth. So I'll start right there. And then I want to say that there's a lot of controversy uh, whether tithe is Old Testament teaching, whether tithe is for today. And people, like I say, get mad when you talk about this subject. So y'all, please don't get mad at me today because I am not trying to make you feel anyways uncomfortable. I just believe that God would have me talk about this today. And I think that it's not what we give that is important to God, but we give because he wants to bless us. That's what's really important to God. He says in his word that if we give, it shall be given unto us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give unto our bosom. Then we don't look to human beings, we look to God. I always like to say that because sometimes people look to other human beings and, you know, they'll give you something in order for you to give them something back. And that's not how that thing works. When we give, we give freely. We give uh, 
you know, God blesses a cheerful giver. So we just give when God <clears throat> says give and he blesses us. So when we talk about the tithe, you know, we're talking about a tenth. And uh, I like to always share that I have been a tither for a long time. Oh, God, I guess it's been almost, uh, it's been 40 years. But, you know, I had to have enough faith to do that. I had to step out on faith to do that. And now I don't know how not to do it. So every penny that I get, any gifts, any honorariums, anything that God blesses me with, I tithe on it. Now, that's not what I'm saying that everybody has to do. But it's the word of God says, bring your tithes into the storehouse so that there will meet in your house. That's what the word of God tells us in Malachi 3. So I have become so accustomed to doing that, and so I, I just can't get around doing it. And one time when I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and my finances, y'all already heard that story many times, how my finances were held up because my house was an escrow that I was selling here in California uh, <clears throat> for a long time. Escrow usually takes no later, no longer than 90 days. And I started Rainbow in September, and my house finally closed the following year, uh, around April or May, I believe. So I was really on a limited income for a long time, and I did do some secular work here in Tulsa, but it wasn't like California where I had a real good job and good salary. But even then, I wanted to make sure I paid the tithe. And the one time that I didn't, God reminded me in a very harsh way that I did not pay tithes. And he reminded me by shutting down all the sources of blessings that I have been receiving long enough to get me to pay attention. So, and God is a good God. Let me tell you, he is not going to penalize us for things we don't know. The word of God says to know to do good and do it that not a sin. So I knew better. And I had been a tiger too long to let doubt and unbelief make me believe that I needed to hold on to that little money that I had and not give him his part. So anyway, I want to say that. So, you know, when we talk about tithing, uh, a lot of people says that it's not for today. And some say that tithing is a command for all the children of God regardless of time. So we're going to talk about what is true and what is false. So the definition of tithing, according to Webster Dictionary, tithing is the tenth part of something paid as a voluntary contribution, as a tax, especially for the support of religious establishment. So we can say that tithing is 10% of your income that you give to your church, uh, give to the Lord, you really give it to the Lord, 
but you do it through the church. So we look, go back, let's go back in the scripture to Genesis. And we're going to talk about way back in Genesis, the first time the tithe is mentioned in the book of, in the Bible. And it says in Genesis 14 and 20, and the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shiloh, that is the king's valley. After his return from the defeat of Shadaloma and the kings who were with him, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, bought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of God most high. He blessed, he blessed him and said, Blessed be the Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed to God, blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And then Abram gave Melchizedek a tithe of all. That's Genesis 14 and 20. This was the first time that tithes were mentioned in the Bible. And hundreds of years before the law was given to Moses. So tithing did not come with the law because it is registered in the Bible before the law. For those of you that don't know who Melchizedek was, it was Jesus. You see, we have uh, an understanding uh, that we need to have clarified about Jesus. We need to understand that Jesus uh, was uh, born in a manger of a virgin, uh, and he was a made in a human body, but he was God and is God. So in the Old Testament, we see that Christ, Jesus Christ, you see, Jesus was the man. Christ is the deity, the God. And I know that people have a struggle with this. So every time I start talking about it, it takes a few minutes for me to help people understand that Jesus Christ, Jesus was the name that was given to him in in, a human body. But Jesus Christ, the Christ, is God and his deity. And he had been with God from the beginning of the world. And you know, you go back to Genesis 1 and it says, in the beginning was God. And The one that we call Jesus, the Christ, was there at the beginning with God. And he took on a human body and was born of a virgin so that we could be saved. He came here with a specific reason in mind in that human body to take the suffering uh, so that we... Take that beating for us that he took at Calvary. So we need to understand that he was around long before as the Christ he has been from the beginning. So for those of you who don't know Melchizedek, it was uh, Jesus. And he was the Christ and is the Christ. And you want to read about that? Go to Hebrews chapter 7 and read verses 1 through 3. And so Abram, now you know Abram, 
uh, God changed his name to Abraham later on. But Abram gave his tithe to the Lord Jesus, to Melchizedek. So do you need the tithe is the question. I know this is heavy. This is really uh, well, a Bible study, but I just, God, I'm, I have to be obedient to God. So do you need the tithe? Many people will tell you they don't have to tithe because tithing was a part of the Old Testament. I already said that. And we don't live by the Old Testament anymore. But tithing has little to do with a religious rule and to do with your heart. So Abraham gave his tithe out of the gratitude for God's favor in the battle against his enemies. And this was hundreds of years before the law. <laughs> Tithing will not make God love you more or less, okay? He don't, he don't penalize you. Tithing is just giving your tenth to the one who gives you everything so that the kingdom of God can be preached to all the earth. So you see, when we tithe, we are just showing God that we honor what he's doing for us. God is not poor. He don't need our little money. But you see, that money that you tithe is used to spread the gospel, to take care of the expenses of the church, to be able to bless uh, those that may need a helping hand. And so that's the reason that we do it out of obedience, not because God needs our, our temp, but because we do it out of obedience. So tithing is not about giving out of duty. So you know, we go back to the New Testament where it says God loves a cheerful giver. If you feel like you don't want to tithe, if you feel like you can't afford to tithe, because that's usually what people say, then you have to work that out with God. And I'm saying that to you because I have to do it and everybody else that I know that has become a tither has had to work that out with God. It's an act of faith. And I always love to share my testimony that I started tithing at the hardest uh, situation, uh, financial situation that I had that I had in my life is when I started tithing. I became a single mother uh, with still two children at home. Eric was not at home, but I still had two children at home, and I worked for the school district. And they paid us once a month. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced getting a paycheck once a month. But honey, you got to be a good manager to be able to stretch that money for a whole month. You know, you ain't going to get another paycheck for another month. And you got gas for your car. You need gas for your car. You need groceries. All of that. And then two teenagers who eat like this food is going out of style and you know you got your bills your rent and if you have a car payment and all of those things so that's when God spoke to me about really pressing in he said if you want to have your finances in order and help to make this money stretch you need to tie 
Well, I had a pastor. I was in the Baptist denomination then. And my pastor, who has gone home to be with the Lord, the Reverend James Branch, he talked about tithing like it was ice cream and cake. He would get up there and talk about tithing and how God would bless and he would give you, you know, more than what you had given. And he just made it sound like it was the best thing since vanilla ice cream. And so with that kind of teaching and that kind of encouragement, I decided with God's help that I needed to stretch my faith and start tithing to make that once a month paycheck go further. And so that's when I started tithing. And so uh, I found after a couple of months of doing that, that I had money left over at the end of the month when I thought I was broke and I checked my checking account at the end of the month before payday, I found I still had money. And so then that made me begin to really pay attention to the fact that God was really blessing that little 10% that I was giving at the beginning of the month. And so then I got bold enough uh, to stretch myself, and I said, I need a new job. The school district, I had been working for them for quite a long time, and every year when it was time for the budget for the school district, the... Um, <clears throat> The board of trustees would look at the position that I held, but it was five of us that held that position at each campus. There was one of us. And if they would look at that job and say, well, maybe we don't need them anymore. Our position was, the title was community liaison. And we were hired to help the students that were being bused into what we call the hill schools or the schools that they were being bused into out of their community. And we were there to help them make that transition and make it comfortable for them and to uh, help the educators to understand when they were not making good decisions for those students. And so that was my job. And of course, I lived in East Palo Alto. And so, you know, I had good connections in East Palo Alto, but I also had a good parent group that stood behind me. And people like Dr. Omawali Satterwhite worked for the Ravenswood District, and I had them uh, to give support when I needed it to call them in as experts to come in and have meetings with the parents and and, uh, and with the administration. And so when God first brought it to my attention that he wanted me to move to another position, another kind of work, I was very sad about it because I loved uh, working with those young people. And Deacon Carlin came through Woodside High School when I was the community liaison. And many others that have passed through the doors of Bread of Life. So you see, God not only allowed me to work with them in their adolescence, but sent them back for me to have contact with them again as a as a pastor and as a spiritual uh, support for them. So anyway, um, I, I said to the Lord, I said, if you 
give me a job with paying more money, I at that time was tithing on my net. I said, I will tithe on the growth, you see, on the gross. You see, because once you start doing something like that and you get enough faith to know God is going to make sure that you don't do without, then you kind of get a little bold. So I said, if you give me more money, I'll tithe on the gross. And so sure enough, when I was offered this job that God specifically designed for me and gave me an opportunity to try it out during the summer before I actually was hired permanently, uh, I found that, you know, I was going to make more money and I wanted to keep my promise. And so I did. And from then on, of course, I have tied the growth. But you see, that takes faith and God has to help you. You know, uh, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, increase my faith. God can cause you to uh, stretch once you get your feet wet and you really believe what the word says and that you're doing what God said for you to do. Well, then he can stretch your faith. But, you know, when you start out with tithing, you have you have little faith. Uh, most people do. But then they begin to see that this is working for me. God is really keeping his word here. And so then you get more faith. And so that's what happened to me. So as I continued and had uh, jobs, other jobs uh, after that, and then when I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to Bible college, I wasn't employed. I tried to have a little job. They were paying minimum wage in, in Tulsa at that time. And uh, I didn't know people still made $4.25 an hour because when I left California, I was making much more than that. But I took that little job trying to help God. And that's another thing that we do. You know, we ask God for stuff and then we try to help him do it. And what we do is get in the way. So I'm going to try to help God, you know, while I'm waiting for my house to clear escrow. And so I take this little $4 and a quarter job at Sears uh, selling uh, warranties for the appliances that Sears would sell. And I knew about those warranties because I had warranties on all of my appliances when I was in California. And so I wasn't being successful at all in selling those things. And then the little money that I was making, I was holding on to it. And God said to me, I was at an Oral Roberts, uh, he had some... Uh, 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 seminar-type meetings, and I was at one of those seminar meetings, and uh, they were taking the offering, and I said, well, Lord, I can't give because I'm holding on to this money because, you know, <clears throat> I don't have much. And the Lord said to me, that little money won't pay nothing. You give it. Give it now. <laughs> and I did. I gave it, and of course, God blessed. And so, uh, I'm telling you all of this because I'm telling you that God will grow your faith. Like I say, I'm not trying to make anybody be mad or upset. I'm just telling you that what you give to God, he will give back to you and some more. 
So the bottom line was is that finally that little job got to be so uh, just frustrating to me until God said, you know, I didn't tell you to take that job in the first place. So you just need to stop that job. And so what was happening, I was living off of the rent that was being paid for my house in California because we were waiting so long for escrow that my brother rented my house out. And uh, the person that he rented it to, I later on would find, get to meet here in California, and it was amazing who it was because I never thought about that person ever being in my house. But anyway, as time went on, we're still waiting for the escrow uh, to close so that I can go ahead and get my money from my house. But all this time, God is taking care of me. And all this time, you know, I'm waiting on the Lord to get that money. But what I did find out during those times was, is that if I tithed on that little money that I was getting for the rent of my house, that God continued to bless me. So, at the end, just before I received that money, I got a little loose with my faith, okay? Doubt and unbelief began to creep in. And so I was so busy trying to hold on to that little money that I didn't tie. So all of a sudden, all of the blessings that I had been receiving dried up. And I didn't even have money for gas. And I got up this particular Saturday morning and I went to uh, uh, early morning intercessory prayer in that church I was attending, Faith Christian Fellowship in North Tulsa. They had intercessory prayer on Sunday morning, on Saturday mornings at eight o'clock. So I got up and went over there and I'm just trying to figure out, Lord, all of my resources are drying up. What is going on? And so I was there and we prayed. And then this woman who was uh, one of the lead, her husband, she and her husband were one of the leaders in the church. She was an intercessor. She said, uh, why don't you come go home with me and have breakfast with me? And so I looked at her and I said, oh, okay, well, then you have to show me where you live because basically I had only seen her in church. And so we went to her house and when we got in the house, Gave me a beautiful breakfast, uh, country breakfast. And then we talked, and then she wanted to give me some uh, cosmetic products. Uh, uh, they were not Avon. They were this other person that drives the pink Cadillac herb stuff. But anyway, the day kept getting longer and longer, and I kept saying, I have got to go. And so finally, every time I would say I have to go, she said, but wait a minute, let me tell you this. So let me show you this. She showed me her garden. And then when I said, well, I just really have to go now, she said to me, she said, well, you know, I'm looking at you and you look like a very prosperous person. She said, and you're telling me that you have a house in California that you're expecting to get money from. And she said, I'm hearing all of that, but God is telling me I need to give you some food. And I looked at her and I said, and God is telling the truth. Because right now I said, all of my resources have dried up. 
Well, this woman had a garden, so she had like a grocery store in her uh, basement. She had, because uh, they had that garden, and she had a freezer, and she had all kinds of stuff. And so she just gave me everything that she thought I would need. And, uh, of course, you know, pride wanted to get in the way, but, you know, you don't turn down God's blessings. So I went ahead and uh, allowed her to do that for me and told her how grateful I was. And when I did receive my money from the house, I would love to take them out to dinner one day and, you know, just grateful. But she kept me there all day before we finally got to that point. But that's how good God is. He will not let you do without because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. So here the next day, the pastor is preaching on Abraham, and he talked about Abraham doing sacrificial giving. Now, if you read the story, Abraham was told to take his son Isaac up to the holy place, the high place, and sacrifice him. And of course, Abraham was faithful to God in everything. And even though he loved that son with all his heart and mind, he didn't love him as much as he loved being obedient to God. So he got Isaac and took him up to the high place. Well, we thought a long time with that, that Isaac was a little boy, but Isaac was actually 40 years old when his daddy took him up to the high place. He told him to come on and let's go up to the high place, and he went up there, and then he tied him up and was getting ready to set a fire to sacrifice him when God said stop. And the reason he said stop, he said, look, there's a ram in the bush. You sacrifice that ram instead of Isaac. But I needed to find out how much you love me. How faithful are you to me? You see, God needs to know he can trust us. And, you know, he told Abraham that Abraham will become the father of many nations. And so he had to sure that Abraham would trust him, would do what he said, would be obedient to him. And so that was the test. But of course, Isaac, uh, you know, was not sacrificed. But when we know that, you know, like I said, Brother James says to know to do good and do it to not is sin. So anyway, here I had gotten myself in a jam. So God had uh, spoken to me in the service as pastor was preaching on sacrificial giving and he, he that day we had missionaries from Belize visiting they were a part of faith christian fellowship and so after pastor preached that sermon he had the missionaries speak and tell us what they really needed us to help them with in their outreach ministry in Belize, and the missionary said, what we really need is some sewing machines so we can teach the women. Many of these women have children. They're not married to the fathers. The fathers disappear. And we want to teach them how to take care of themselves and their children. And so we need sewing machines to take back to beliefs. So God spoke to my heart and said, you have a sewing machine. 
that you brought all the way from California. You don't use that sewing machine, and you need to give it to the missionaries. And my flesh said, no, that's my sewing machine. I used to sew my daughter's clothes on. I used to sew my clothes on. And I brought it all the way from Tulsa, and I, all the way from California, and I didn't even ship it. I brought it in the car with me, and you telling me I need to give my sewing machine. Oh, woman of little faith, that was me. And so God let it go. So another week went by, and I am still, my resources have just dried up. And if Martha, the woman that gave me all that stuff out of freezer, hadn't done that, you know, and gave me a couple of dollars to buy gas, I wouldn't have been able to get to school at that wouldn't have been able to get to church because church was the, the, the faith Christian fellowship that I was going to was across town. But anyway, I got through the week and when I went back to service that Sunday, uh, Pastor Harrison, who has now gone home to be with the Lord, he was Kenneth Hagin's son-in-law, he had a part two <laughs> to that sacrificial giving that he was talking about Abraham. And as I sat in that chair listening to him, God began to speak to me. And he said, now, if you want to get out of this rut you in, you got to give, do some sacrificial giving. You have got to give that sewing machine to those folks to take the beliefs because then I'll be able to restore your blessings because you are blocking your own blessings. So with that, by the time Pastor finished his sermon and gave the altar call, I could hardly wait to get to the missionaries. <laughs> and I got to them, the husband and wife, and I said, look, I got a sewing machine at home, and if you tell me where to bring it, I will bring it to you because I want to be obedient to God. And so they told me how to just, you know, bring the sewing machine to the church and leave it the next day. And honey, you couldn't beat me. I got up after school and got myself over there with that sewing machine. But let me tell you how good God is, you see, because I don't want you to leave here thinking that you, because you maybe didn't do what God told you about whatever. It don't only have to be about giving. It can be about something else. Let me tell you that we serve a merciful and a forgiving God. And whatever mistakes we make, if we ask forgiveness, we get it. And so I had to ask God, forgiveness for holding on to that sewing machine. I wasn't sewing nothing and never did sew anything the whole time that I was in Tulsa. So that sewing machine was needed to help somebody else and God knew that if I used that to, I could get myself out of the rut I was in. So anyway, uh, uh, right after service, you know, People would go to the cafeteria. I didn't know about cafeterias until I went to Tulsa. Everybody go to the cafeteria. Nobody cooked at home down there. You know, I was used to cooking my Sunday dinner on Saturday night, but that, that they didn't do that down there. So anyway, this brother that I had met when I was in London with uh, Pastor Banal 
he was from Tulsa, and so he came up to me after service, and he said, hey, let's go over to the Excelsior Hotel to the brunch. And I thought to myself, I can barely get home. I don't have no money to go to for brunch. So I said, no, I think I'll pass on that. And he looked at me, and he said, I'm paying. Come on, let's go to the brunch. So then his wife said, let's go to the Black Eyed Pea. That was a restaurant. So we ended up at the Black Eyed Pea because she said that the Excelsior uh, wasn't having brunch. For some reason, they weren't having brunch that day. So anyway, they took me to the restaurant, paid for my lunch. Everything that had been shut down began to open up after I was able to release that sewing machine. You see, because I was resisting allowing somebody to be blessed by what I had so that God would be able to open up those windows of heaven and bless me again. And so I, the next day, I took that sewing machine to those folks and said, God bless you and never look back. And from there on in, God began to bless me again, just like he had before. And it was not God. It was me that was holding up my own blessings. Many times, Saint God wants to do things for us. And we get ourselves in the way. And we just can't see nothing but I, 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 and me, me, me. So as I share today about tithing, I share that. So again, I want to remind you, I'm going to stop with this. I want to remind you that 2 Corinthians 9 and 7 says this. So let each one give as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. You see, if we are giving and we get mad about giving, we don't get blessed for that because we're not doing it cheerfully. But if we do it from our heart and we do it cheerfully, God will bless us and he will keep his word. And so Malachi 9 and, uh, uh, 9 and 10, 3, 9 and 10, I believe it is, says this. And I'm going to read it and I'm not trying to throw rocks at anybody. Remember that now, y'all. So when we look at that scripture, we start at Malachi 3 and 8, and it says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. This is Old Testament, y'all. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. That's Malachi 3 and 8. And we have to know that that's the Old Testament. It sounds harsh. <laughs> it sounds caustic. But what we have to know is that that was the Old Testament. Now, God continues to keep his word, but he is not trying uh, 
to to curse us or any of that. She doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. But what happens is, is that we missed out on a lot of stuff, a lot of blessings that God has for us when we decide that we're not going to give. I'm not going to say tithe because God is not going to force you to tithe. If you choose not to give a tenth, he is not going to curse you. He is not going to stop blessing you. But in order for you to keep your giving or your receiving, let me say it the way it is, in order to keep your cycle of blessings going, we need to consider God when we plan our budget. We need to consider God. And the word of God says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. And we get stuck on the men, but we need to look to God for everything that we need. And he is a faithful God. And we need to know that he is not a man that he will lie, nor a son of man that he will repent. If he said it, he'll bring it to pass. And this is the word of God. And this is what he promises us. So in our giving, he allows us to tithe if we believe in tithing. He also allows us to give and give cheerfully. He also makes promises to us about our giving. And we need to know that, you know, he promised if we would give that tent that he would open up the windows of heaven for us and pour us out a blessing that there would not be room enough to receive it. And when you tithe, there are some of the benefits that come along with that. And he promises you that in Malachi 3. He said that you're, that they, that they won't, uh, the, the, the enemy won't be able to steal your grapes. He uses grapes as a, as a, a way of showing us uh, that the enemy steals from us. He steals our goods from us. So those grapes represent goods. He steals our grapes from us. He steals our goods from us. You know, we have unexpected car problems. Uh, he starts stealing from us our finances we plan to do one thing with our finances and satan starts stealing and trying to uh have us uh have big car repair bills now that's not to say that your car don't need some repairs sometimes so don't get me wrong but if you'll pay attention he will try to have all these unexpected things come the devil i'm talking about to interfere with the extra money that God is giving you, you see, because he'll be giving you some extra, some unexpected. I get unexpected money. I know that's from God. And it's because I've been faithful to do what he says. You see, benefits. Uh, Psalms 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. God gives better benefits than any job you ever had. I had good benefits when I worked for the county of San Mateo in uh, human services. Good benefits, good 
dental, good health. They paid for all of that for me. But you see, the benefits that I get from God are far better, far more uh, benefits by being obedient to God. And the scripture says in Isaiah chapter 6, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. And so now I'm getting into just giving in general. And I'm saying that to you, not for you to feel guilty or whatever, that I'm trying to pick on you because whatever, whatever, because that is not the point of my message. The point of my message is to increase your faith, sisters and brothers, so that you know you can trust God with whatever you have. That sewing machine, honey, I was trying to hold on to the past and God saying, give me that sewing machine so I can bless you. And since that time, I, I had another sewing machine. And right now, that sewing machine, I think, is over at Hope House because I wasn't using it, and that was like years ago, and the girls over there wanted to do some sewing, and I took that sewing machine. God gave me another sewing machine, a nice singer sewing machine with all the little extras that make buttonholes and do all that stuff for you because I used to make most of my clothes and all of Monisa's uh, dresses and things I made. I'm a very good seamstress. But as time went on, I had less time to do that because I was doing other things for the Lord. But that machine, that brand new singer that he gave me when I came back to California, the last I heard of it, it was at Hope House. You know, but I just thank God. And I testify to you that whatever God promises in his word, he will do. I just want you to remember that. If you don't remember nothing else I said, if you tune out everything else I said, remember God is faithful. And what he promised you he will do, he will do. And even when you're disobedient, he'll give you an opportunity to clean it up. That sewing machine was my cleanup. That was my gift that got me out of bondage. That was my gift to restore my blessings because I had been disobedient. And for me, it was disobedient because I knew better. So it's not like I didn't know any better. It's not like I had never tied before. It's not like I didn't know God would bless me and take care of me because he had been doing that the whole time I was in Tulsa. I left California with $250 in my purse to go to Rama Bible Training Center. And uh, my house, like I say, was up for sale. And uh, I went there in faith with that $250. And how did I come up with that? Well, my sisters uh, had uh, had a uh, going away party for me. And that don't know, they, they, donations came uh, as a result of the going to be saved and be uh, of great faith because our God is alive and well. And Jesus is sitting at his right hand right now. All right, Reverend. All right. <clears throat> Amen, Pastor. So, uh, yeah, we always need to uh, uh, get a little refresher on, on, on that uh, 
uh, tithing and offering. And it, and it's funny, you were talking about it and, and I looked around and I seen this check that I was supposed to put in the mail two weeks ago. So I, I needed to be hit in the head. You said you wasn't throwing no rocks at nobody, but I needed to be hit in the head a little bit there because now I'm going to have to re, uh, write that check and put it in the mail. It's been sitting there for two weeks. God bless you, Pastor. But sometimes, sometimes we do we do need a, a, a a little reminder and so I, I already know what to call this sermon that you just gave and I'm just going to call it uh, 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 sacrificing uh, uh, sacrificing tithes or I'm going not that way but I, I do have an idea what to call it but uh, thanks for the reminder because sometimes we need to be reminded of all the things God has done for us and to give a little oh, bit Lord. back uh, uh, shouldn't bother us at all so uh, uh that rock, I'm glad you do it because it. I needed it. <laughs> Is there any way to send money off the phone? We will. Uh, I will send you. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Pastor. No, Just I send was me the say, I'm in the process of. Well, I'm in the process of setting up Giveify. So, Father God, we thank you, Father God. Father God, we thank you for allowing us to to uh, uh, gather in your name and, in, in this uh, Zoom, Father God. As sometime, even if we had a building, Father God, sometime we, we just can't get up and go, Father God, or something hinders us from going, Father God. So we just thank you for allowing us to do this, Father God, for us to gather in your name, Father God, and, and just to give you praise, honor, and glory, Father God. So we just yeah. thank you as we as we carry on for the rest of our week, Father God, that you be there with us, Father God. We thank you for each and every one here and the families that represented here, Father God. And we just want to give you thanks, Father God. We just want to give you praise, honor, and glory today, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, we all pray and all say amen. 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 Amen.